I always like to say that good preaching comes from two loves, love for God, that we want to honor his word and love for people, that we want to serve them well and give them what they need. And so in order to honor God and to love and honor the people that we're serving, we want people to preach well. Hey, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 278. I'm your host, Mike Neglia. The voice that you heard is that of my friend and colleague, Nick Cady. Uh, This is the conversation that Nick and I had with Brian Kelly on the role of preaching in new church plants. What sort of sermons should be preached in the beginning stages of a church's life? How can the preaching and the pulpit establish the core values and the vision of a new church community? This episode was originally released on the Cultivate Church Planting podcast. And my friend, if you are on the road to planting a church or sending out a church planter, I highly recommend that you subscribe to that excellent podcast. There'll be a link in the show notes. Uh, This episode is being released on the week of our Austin training event. So if you are traveling out there to Austin, Texas, I can't wait to meet you. And if you aren't coming, can I ask you a favor? Uh, Could you spare a moment on your Friday or your Saturday and pray for us? Uh, Pray for myself, pray for Tim Chaddick, Dominic Dunn, Terry Michaels, Rod Carver, Alan Stoddard, and the other people who are leading workshops or guiding groups, would you pray for us that we'd be able to encourage, to equip, to upskill, and to empower the attendees to carry out their ministry assignments to the best of their ability and to the glory of God? I would appreciate. We do a lot of planning. We do a lot of work. But ultimately, Unless the Lord builds the house, then the laborers labor in vain. So I appreciate your prayers. Okay, here's my conversation with Brian Kelly and Nick Cady on the kind of preaching that new church plants need to hear. All right, welcome to the Cultivate Church Planting Podcast. I'm here today with two amazing fellows. You are. And that is <laughs> Mike Neglia and Nick Cady. Nick Cady, of course, is uh, on the Cultivate Church Planting team, and we work together on this thing. And he's actually the, the would you call yourself the founder, the brainchild? What are you, no, the creator? I'd say, I'd say Kellen Criswell was the brainchild. Well, he's the brain of, yeah. kind of everything. So. Yeah, and um, so Kellen called me in 2020. Yeah. And was like, Hey, I have this idea. Could you help me put it into action? And so that was kind of, so then now I'm the leader of the Cultivate team and, um, you're the implementer. You're like the guy there you that go. took it to. I did, we did, um, I did kind of like craft the idea. He gave me kind of some raw elements. I put them together, made some contacts. So yeah. Nice. And you're also a pastor in Longmont, Colorado. That's right. Yeah. Whitefields Community Church. Whitefields. Snowboarder. Snowboarder. Yep. Nice. Okay, Mike Neglia. Yes, Brian. The man, the myth, the legend. Yes. I'm so glad to be here with you uh, in the same room. You're a international traveler. Uh, uh, yeah, British Airways Silver Club member. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Going for gold this year. Yeah, we'll see. and uh, there's a rumor that you go into the um, 
what's the the lounges yeah. and take the silverware and stuff out and put it in your bag. I can neither confirm so. nor deny. <laughs> and in fact, that's, <laughs> that's a nice fork. Yeah, as I as I nervously move my yeah. spoon. <laughs> Come over to dinner at your house. Is that yeah. a British Airways fork? <laughs> no. Okay, but you're a pastor in Cork, uh, yeah, Ireland. in Cork, Ireland. Yeah, nice. so I've lived there for coming up on 20 years. Um, essentially, replanted a church there, and uh, things are things are going well. Nice wife and kids. Yeah, would you say you've adapted to the the culture there and the like? Are you familiar with the way things work and all that? I, I hope so. I mean, I really, really try. Um, you know, it's cross it's it's cross cultural. But now again, like I'm, I'm 40 and I've lived there for almost 20 years. So I, this is half of my life. Half this is my, life, my yeah. entire whole life, my entire adult life has been there. So there are things that seemed strange to me when I first arrived that now are quite normal. And then now when I come back, you know, to visit the great state of Florida or something, there's yes, things which that- which is where we are. There's things that are like less, uh, what's the word? Not comforting, but it's like, oh yeah, they do it this way over here. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah I think I'm, I've adapted. And I guess more, more than how I- I think I've adapted. I've been told by like okay, Irish Christians that like, hey, I think you really get us. Yeah, and awesome. actually, like I was, I was told by like a, like a teenager in the youth group was like, you know, Mike, you really kind of um, kind of get us. And I was like, ah. but I've lived here longer than you have. <laughs> <laughs> I am us. Yeah, we lived in New Zealand for a couple of years, and you know, it's. Um, Bill Welsh, who was on the podcast, uh, he did a church plant in Australia. Yeah, and we talked I listened about, to that episode. Um, His daughter yeah. was on there as well. Yep, Shannon. And um, when we were going over to New Zealand, he gave me some advice, and he said it was deceptively similar going over there because everybody looks like you. That mm-hmm. it's, it's a Western culture. Mm-hmm. There's all the you know, amenities and that sort of thing, but the culture is different. It takes a while to get used to, and we found that to be true too. You know what the crazy thing that I discovered, and I don't know why I didn't think about this, is that um, I discovered that I'm the one with the accent. Like when I would talk with my American accent, they would, at least in New Zealand, they would say, oh, you've got an, you've got an accent. You must be from somewhere else. And then I would have to tell them, no, it's actually you who have the accent. <laughs> So they love that. <laughs> yeah, they love that. So they never really accepted me. I don't know why. But <laughs> Here we are today. Well, Mike has a um, a church, but he's also the head of the Expositors Collective, right? Which is amazing. And I know a lot of our listeners uh, kind of cross pollinate between the two. I mean, we just started our Cultivate podcast here, um, but that is an awesome. I would say. I don't know if you agree with me on this one, Nick, but I would say it's probably the best podcast that CGN has. Oh, you say yeah. that? Yeah, no question. There is another say, podcast Mike? that CGN has that is also good. But I actually think Mike's been doing his <laughs> listen, listen. longer. Mine wins better. the award for most episodes. It's, it's the longest okay. running. Five years. You've been doing uh, yeah, it five nearly. years. Yeah, every week. Every week. Every Incredible. week. That is crazy. Yeah. I just started this. Like I, I like doing it, but it's a lot of work. Yeah, well, yeah. There's ways you're probably good at it now. Like you kind of, you kind of batch, you kind of batch things. So I try, same as you. I try to like record a bunch of stuff, kind of at at one go, and then spread that over the course. Okay. Um, So for me, it's just part of my weekly schedule. Where Thursday, I'll put maybe like two hours into it, and that's just kind of like recording intro and outro, show notes, blah blah blah, and then just kind of like boop, I send it over to our editor guy, yeah, and he takes care of it. But um, you know. 
God didn't send me to create a podcast, you know, like he sent me to, to be a pastor of a church, yes, you know, and that's so your priority. yeah, and I certainly never want this to be something that like, this is like fun, or it's engaging, or it's, you know, and, and then pastoring suffers because of it. So yeah, it's kind of, you know, a couple right. hours on Thursday, and then it's in the back of my mind. Does your congregation listen to it? Um, like one or two people does. Okay. Uh, sometimes I'll send it to like the, the elders and be like, uh-huh. hey, I think what we're going I've through right a, now, yeah. and they're always like, cool, Mike. Cool, man. Thumbs up emoji. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got this really great podcast I want you to listen to. It's mine, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it's really good. And Nick, you've got a, a podcast, Mission and Methods, that's yeah. awesome as well. Yeah, um, so I'm the host of it. I haven't always been the host. There, Kellen Criswell was the host before me. Um, for the last two years, I've been hosting the podcast. And um, yeah, so last year, we really answered a lot of questions about like what uh, kind of questions people had about CGN, where it's going, what are the beliefs, kind of clarifying a lot of things. This year, it's kind of a little bit more lighthearted. We're interviewing all the members of the executive team just to get to know them. Yeah. yeah. I've liked it a lot this year. I've been listening. And uh, so it's cool. Just a more personal, personable hmm. thing, you know. I actually preferred last season. Really? Yeah. I like, I'm an idea guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care about people's just life so, stories. Just so you guys know, before this uh, recording, Mike was like, you're not going to do a bunch of that useless banter at the beginning, are you? I'm like, yeah, sorry. It's going to happen. Just prepare yourself. And we'll, we'll start talking about the important stuff in a second. But um, what I want to talk today uh, with you about, Mike, is... Uh, from the Expositors Collective, which our listeners can go to that. I really recommend to go and subscribe to that and have a listen. Great archive of uh, wonderful guests and just uh, uh, conference um, lectures and things like that. But when it comes to church planting, the importance of expository teaching yeah. within church planting, because as you know, and I'm, you know, you talk about this on your uh, podcast, there's a lot of different ways to present the gospel. Sure. There's a lot of churches that are presenting the gospel in different ways. There are a lot of churches that aren't presenting the gospel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sad trombone uh, noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to edit that in, you know, as a, just a little button here. And uh, But how important do you think uh, this... Well, first of all, let me ask you this. What is... Some of our listeners are like, I hear this word. It's a big word. I don't know what it means. What does it mean? What's the expository teaching method? Hmm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot, and then it. I'm sure Nick has something too. Yep. But it comes from the idea of exposing. Um, uh, you know, if you were to, I don't know, we're in Florida. If like a Florida man were don't to talk like, about exposure <laughs> in Florida. Okay, never, <laughs> here's another example. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, then I won't. Never mind. <laughs> okay. We get it. You, you. <laughs> <laughs> to expose is to take something and to, to kind of make it public. Okay. Um, I, I like to think of like a um, like a reporter doing like an expose on yep. something. That's good. You know, she'll find something that people didn't know about. It's it's there. It's just kind of hidden. And then the expose shows everybody. Okay. And what was unknown is now known. Okay. So she's not like a creative writer. She's not creating or crafting a story. She's finding a story and then publicizing it. Okay. So I think expository preaching does that. Uh, and, and it's the Bible. So the illustration breaks down because it's not hidden, it's there. Mm-hmm. But what you do is you just kind of bring it out and then highlight it and allow people to see it, to maybe anticipate the questions that they have about it, and then bring that explanation and then apply that to people's lives. And I think there's a power to that because it is, it's God's word and you press that into people's lives. Yeah, that's great. Nick, what do you what, think? what's an example? I would I would like to hear like an example of 
the difference kind of between a, a sermon or a preaching that is expository in nature compared to one that may be more, um, you know, it makes you feel good. It might be on a topic or something, but isn't necessarily r- exposing what we're looking for here. Yeah. I'll give you one example from John Stott, just as an okay. illustration that I'll explain. So um, John Stott says that expository preaching is like a flower unfolding before the sun. So it's opening Ooh, up and then you're beginning that's good. to I got goosebumps as you goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so a good example. So we, we come from a tradition that really focuses a lot on preaching the Bible. Yep and preaching verse by verse. And I think the intention in preaching verse by verse is that you would get the whole counsel of God's word. But I would say that inherent in preaching, or so let's put it this way, just teaching every verse, reading it and making comments on it. Is like a not, commentary, running yeah, commentary. Is not necessarily expository in nature. So expository preaching is when you are exposing what the text says and, and backing it up with other parts of the Bible, for example, mm-hmm. that would would show and make that case. And so you're wanting to show the whole counsel of God's word and explain what that text means in its historical context, in its relevance for today, and all of these ways. And yeah. so, in other words, uh, we're not starting with a topic and saying, here's the thing that I wanted to impose on the text. Rather, we're trying to say, here's what the text says. Uh, yeah, that's and the here's, big difference. Here's what we ought to do as a result. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, and I, I would say, yeah, oh, on that, like exposition, the opposite of exposition is imposition. Mm-hmm where you put uh, something into it. Exposition is breaking it out. That's great. That's great. What are some objections to this? Because why, I mean, it seems like the obvious, we're all from, like you talked about the background of Calvary Chapel, that's the ministry that we're talking about here. What are some objections to this type of teaching? Because I've noticed actually, on a positive, before you answer that, a lot of churches, not just Calvary Chapel churches, but a lot of churches are adopting this type of method. As you know, Mike, and yeah, you- Yeah, I rejoice probably, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah so- but what are some of the objections to this kind of thing? Like uh, that, that it, okay. Two, two objections. Um, number one, that it's boring. And um, number two, that it's not spirit led. Okay. And, and I've, I've heard people talk about each of those things and there's, you know, a, 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 a peer of mine, a, a buddy of mine who, who is pastoring a church and, and it's going quite well, but he believes that to plan out what you're going to preach months in advance, that it quenches the work of the Holy oh, Spirit. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I am like pleading with God. I'm wrestling with God on Saturday night. What would you have these people to hear? <laughs> and um, I'm just he's like, like, I told you five months ago, but you were listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, but that sounds exhausting. Oh, yeah. And, um, it's, and I think I think it doesn't have to be that way. I think yeah. that we can. You could plan out a series. You plan a series through Corinthians, and you could still be wrestling with God about what way to press this into people's yeah. lives versus, uh, you know, or in contrast to every single week, it's just a spattering of notions or ideas yeah. based on an impression that you had on Saturday night of what the people needed. Yeah. Um, whereas I think instead we need a steady diet of God's word. And and the, another ex- objection that I've heard is that it's irrelevant. In other words, okay. uh, there's all these things going on out in the world mm. and, you know, the world's falling apart, burning down, and you're over here teaching like yeah, Ruth yeah, chapter I've heard that. two. I've heard that, that yeah. objection. Yeah, what would you say? Like, I, I would say two things. One of them is I, I really like this saying from somebody I know. He said, wherever we are in the word, that's where we are. And, and God is going to be leading us and guiding us 
Another thing I've found is that, um, you know, there are many ways that things to focus on within any particular passage. And there are ways to say, okay, well, we're teaching this. Here's a point of application, Mm -hmm. which does apply to what's going on in the world right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another way to do it, though, is in an expository way, you can take a topic and then say, okay, well, this passage of scripture addresses this. And I'm not just going to deal with it topically by like, bouncing off the verse and then talking about whatever I want. I'm actually going to dig into this passage and break it down for you. And that will actually give us a richer understanding Mm -hmm. of what God's word says about what's going on. Yeah. And I have a feeling our listeners, a lot of them are um, familiar with this kind of teaching. If you've got a good preacher, a good Bible teacher, expository teacher, there's a difference, like the way you feel when you walk out, there's a difference in it. It's like there's substance. You Mm -hmm. can't explain it even. And I would even say like that, a boring objection I, believe me, I've heard some boring <laughs> <laughs> yeah. preacher. I felt like I was boring a couple of weeks ago. I was like, man, this guy's boring. It's me. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, there's something, even with some of the boring messages, if it's very biblical, scriptural, and accurate, maybe not presented in the best way, there's just something different about it when you walk out of the room. It's like, I really feel like that's done something positive for mm-hmm. me in a deeper sense. Um, so when it comes to church planting, yeah. We've got young guys out there, they're like, young and old. They're like, I want to plant a church, and we're encouraging it. We're trying to plant a thousand churches. Mm. Okay. I, I, I've done one, Nick. <laughs> I've done two. Okay. Well, yeah. I've done more than one, You've but I'm doing one, one now. Yeah. You've done one. No, te- technically it's a replant, but I mean, sure, sure feels like a plant. <laughs> <laughs> sure feels like a plant, yeah. <laughs> so we're, there's these guys that are coming out saying, we we want to plant a church. There's a lot of preparation that goes into it. Um, at Cultivate, Nick, as you know, um, all the assessment tools we have, it's really great. And part of that assessment is, can the guy teach? Mm-hmm. And what kind of teaching is it? Because you can come up in another, you know, maybe church tradition where it's not as focused on the expository Bible teaching method. Um, so what would you say is the importance in training preparation for church planting for this type of teaching? How important is it in the whole package, I guess, is the question. Yeah, I'd say it's it's extremely important for a few reasons. One is that we want the preacher to know how to teach the people well for the sake of the people. Hmm. I, I always like to say that a good preaching comes from two loves, love for God, that we want to honor his word, and love for people, that we want to serve them well and give them what they need. And so in order to honor God and to love and honor the people that we're serving, we want people to preach well. And I've heard it said, you know, that your first hundred sermons, you know, are going to be terrible. And, you know, there certainly is a learning curve. But what if we could help people to not have to learn things the hard way? And, Mm. And it's not just for their sake so that they can get good at it or something, but it's also for the sake of... um it would be great if the people that you're serving don't have to listen to heresy for uh, the first <laughs> several sermons, or uh, and it would be also great if they could grow and be fed and nourished oh, spiritually. Yeah. Have and you so, ever listened to some of your old sermons? I have, yeah. Yeah, where you just think, what? You know, sometimes, actually, I Or are you, like, impressed them? by them? Yeah, sometimes I listen to them, and I'm assuming that I was worse <laughs> in the past. And then I listen to them, like, oh. Man, I was better. Maybe I'm, maybe yeah. I'm worse now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's been stuff that I've read, and I'm like, "That's really good." And yeah, I don't who think, wrote that? I don't think me. I could do that anymore. <laughs> that maybe comes from yeah, more more experience, or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in the training, sorry, Mike, you're going to say something about that training method, but um, I guess my second question, you can say whatever you're going to say sure. and answer that. 
is like, what's the best way to get this? Because this is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you're training, you're putting out these resources. What's the best way to get these guys that maybe aren't familiar with this method to get it into their repertoire? Wow. Well, I mean, on the one hand, I just think hearing this type of preaching done well, okay. it just does It just does something. I think as, as you were even saying, there's kind of like this, this inbuilt power to it that even if it's a little bit boring, it's powerful, but then a well-communicated expository sermon, doubly so. I think it kind of creates a uh, an appetite that can't be satisfied elsewhere. Mm. And so on the one hand, it's like, oh, well, come to one of our training events or da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, listen to a great expository preacher and it's going to really show you, I'm, I'm show you as a church planter, show you as a potential new preacher. Like, listen, it's all right here. Like, I don't have to pull in all of these like fascinating insights from the contemporary culture or, yeah. you know, the Enneagram or this or yeah. that or whatever, whatever, whatever the thing is, you know, yeah. it doesn't always have to be about the importance of Sabbath or whatever, you know, it's like, oh, listen, we've got like a whole chapter of God's truth in here. And there's a way to really show that and bring yeah. that forward. So I think what's the best way to, to help people do is to, to find a great Bible teacher and listen and learn from him. Yeah. Okay, top three best expository preachers. I don't know if it's easy to kind of like say, but who are your favorites? Yeah. Let's put it that way. Give me a second. What do you think, Nick? Ooh. I think Alistair Begg is quite good. Oh, yeah. I, I really yeah. like, I think he's a is great Is he like expositor. Scottish or something? He's Scottish. Okay. He went to my alma mater. Wow. London School of Theology. Okay. It's pumping out great preachers, mm. Nick Cady and <laughs> Alistair Begg among them. Guys, I'm totally, I'm totally blanking. There's I'm a, totally there's blanking. There's a guy in New York, Chuck Smith. Tim Keller. He's pretty good. How about Tim Chuck Smith? Chuck Talk Smith. about Chuck Smith. Okay. For those of you who don't know, it's, uh, okay. We, uh, I had a, I wanted to talk, I guess, a little bit about the Jesus Revolution, but um, the, in the, the revival that it signified was, primarily with Calvary Chapel, which is the ministry that we're part of. And we would look back at that and say, that was a spirit-filled time. That was a mm. time of revival, unique time. But unique to it as well was the this focus on the teaching of the Bible, the teaching of God's Word. And, and as you guys know, and many people do now, is uh, hippies were flocking out to hear the Word, like, what was the significance of that, like in the expository method and hmm. and that sort of thing? Talk about Chuck Smith. Well, I I, I only met him. Founder. I only met him once, so I, I can't okay. really speak. I can't really speak Ooh, to him. Where'd you meet him? I met him at the Bible College. Um, I was Did sitting. He smile at you. I, I was yeah. I was sitting alone. <laughs> I was eating a kiwi, and then he walked through the cafeteria. Okay. And then and then I I said, "Hi, hey, Chuck." Hey. And then he looked at me and he smiled. Oh. So I need to I need to actually say something because some of our listeners might be from New Zealand. When you are eating a kiwi, it, you have to say kiwi fruit. I learned this in the early days. Too. That's why they rejected me. Noted because the kiwi is actually a person from New Zealand. Uh, you're so, right. You're right. Yeah. So you were you were not a cannibal. You were eating the. I just had to clarify. I, I wanted that. to make sure that that's, we that's don't get any enough. undue yeah. criticism. I met Chuck Smith once on a dock in Austria at our, our Calvary Chapel Conference Center. I couldn't attend the conference because. I had taken some medication that I was allergic to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so I had to just like be by myself. So I went down onto the dock and I fell asleep on the bench. And I woke up 
and Chuck was sitting right next to me. Maybe it was a dream. I don't <laughs> know, son. But uh, we had a nice talk. Wow. And uh, and that was the only time I met It might him. have been a dream. But it might have been. But I'll tell you what. He was a great expositor. Yeah. And he gave us a great heritage of expository preaching in the Calvary Chapel movement. And that's, I mean, that's why we care about this in part is because, as you're saying, uh, it's not just the movie. I mean, the movie reflects what happened, mm -hmm. which is that there was a move of God and many people were coming to the Lord. But as they came to the Lord, they came into this church where somebody was just feeding them a steady diet yeah, 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 of yeah. God's word. Yeah. Yep. And they grew and they multiplied. Multiplied. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I can't speak. I haven't. I wasn't there for the actual revival, nor have I seen the film yet. Um, and it wasn't released in Ireland, so I haven't. I, I think it came out on digital like last night, so I'll mm, probably find uh, a way to, to okay. watch it as soon as possible. But but I have experienced a, a little like mini revival. Uh, in fact, I was let's say converted in the beginning of the year two thousand, and then uh, a few months later. There was just this like move of God that swept across like my my secondary school, my my high school, and I was yeah just seventeen I believe, just sixteen. I'm bad at math, but I was um, part of this, and there was just like this like see you at the poll event. Do, do yeah, you know yeah. Uh -huh. So there was like one of those events. People like gathered around the prayer, you know, and they prayed around the flagpole, and then they prayed, and then it was just like powerful, and they said, "Let's come back." this at lunch break and they do it again. And then it just happened over and over. People were like praying together every single morning for like two years. And it turned into like a, a time of like worship and Bible teaching every lunch break for mm -hmm. like two years. And the first time I ever taught the Bible was at that. It was to like a group of like 60 high school students. And the first, and I did, I just did what I was shown through my youth pastor, Danny Ramos, who I love and respect very much. Danny. You know Shout Danny? out to Danny. Yeah, you know I Danny. Of course, Maranatha. you know Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't he like Shout the best out. man in the he's world? A, yeah, he's he's one of the best. He may not be the top, but okay. he's, he's definitely top ten. <laughs> he's definitely top ten. <laughs> Thank you for for bringing that into yeah hyperbole was was corrected. <laughs> yeah, um, but but like I, he is the best. Yeah, I had learned from him. You just you know you just open the Bible and talk about it. Yeah, it, it's yeah. not bringing all these things. And so the first Bible teaching I ever did was like Romans chapter four um, about the imputed righteousness of Abraham. So and you took an easy passage. Well, it, I didn't know how. I was so young. I didn't know how complicated it was, like or what didaske means or, or didn't mean or righteousness of faith. But like it was so organic and it was so like you yeah. know like youth led. Yeah. Where so like we had our morning prayer time, and then some of the like you know somewhat leaders of it, they were like, "Hey, who's going to teach at lunch today?" And I was like, "Oh, I could. I read something great in Romans uh, uh, earlier." And they said, "Okay." And then in my math class, I just had my Bible open and I was just taking notes on Romans. Mm -hmm. And then during lunch break, I just opened up the Bible and explained it. And so I would say that's kind of like a little micro version of the Jesus revolution, or I guess the idea, bringing it back to what you're actually talking mm -hmm. about, like the, the revival in which Calvary Chapel was kind of birthed or exploded, where it was that type of thing. It was like people were being swept into the kingdom. They were under the power of the, under the teaching of the word of God and the influence of the Holy Spirit. And then it just allowed young people just to be like, I think I could do this. And of course, there's ways that you can grow and progress. And that's yes, what we want to yeah. always be growing. But like, I believed then and believe now that you don't have to move away from your home and, and be in university for years before you can learn you how to can handle God's word. You could open up, you can explain it carefully, yeah. and God's spirit will apply it to people. Yeah, that's a good word. That's a good word. What about books, books that you would recommend? 
Well, I just was saying you don't need books, man. <laughs> uh, but if you did need them, what would you do? Yeah, I would say I would say Brian Chappell's book, Christ-Centered Preaching. Uh, okay. Very, very good. People think that it's only about the, what's called the Christ-Centered Hermeneutic, okay. which it, it includes that, the importance of highlighting Christ and, and his work in every passage. That's there, but there also is just wonderful stuff about outlining, about illustrating, about transitioning from point to point. I think that's a, a very a very good book. And I just finished a book by uh, Jim Wilson called Illustrating Well, and it's, the, it's about just like using... Illustrations, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to get one about how to use comedy well, because some of my jokes are like... Eh. Yeah, Joel Turner yeah, has a book called this. Humor Me. Oh, yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, and Joel's on the um, – are you going to interview him? Or You did already. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, the, Joel was the first episode the first one, that's of right. uh, this season of Mission Methods. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? What's a good book? I'll give you a couple. I think Tim Keller's book on preaching is very good. It's called Preaching. preaching. Clever title. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, then um, I like Martin Lloyd-Jones, Preaching and Preachers. Yeah, classic. He talks about what expository preaching is in that book and what it's not. And then he, I think another good book, more homiletically minded, is um, I love this book called The Homiletical Plotline. Mm, it okay. is uh, not as well known. You know it. Yeah. But um, I think it's a great book. It's about like how to how to homiletically present truth in a compelling way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's great. the author's name on that? I have no idea, but it's called The Homiletical You're Plotline. You're looking it up? I am. Eugene Lowry. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah that's that's fast. Hey, are we almost done? Yeah, yeah, we are almost done. You have a, any last words? Yeah, you, totally. Yeah, you need to get to lunch or something. No, here's 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 what I think. So we're talking to church. No, sorry, that's not me saying. Hey, Mike, I'm a new I'm a new podcaster. I'm not really super good at this like you are. So I, are you, are you, you done talking? So yeah. I can talk. Are you done? No, we almost done here. Here's what I want to say to to the church church planters. Like starting something new. I think it's it's great how there's an emphasis on like the newer churches that are being started these days with like having clarity about like your your mission and your values and your vision. And I think that's that's wonderful to have that kind of dialed in. I've seen in some kind of contemporary church plants that like that's what you preach about mm-hmm. for the first 6 months or for the first six for the first years, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or multiple mm-hmm. years yeah. where it's um completely self-referential where okay. you're um where you're talking about yourselves or you're talking about who you want to be over and over and over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think that's that's good, um, but you should that should not be your curriculum. That shouldn't be the Sunday um, in and out. Okay. Like I think you should like you should start how you intend to continue, and you want to be like a Bible opening expositional uh, church. And so you teach what's in this text, and when there's something in there that connects with your church's values or mission, then or vision, you reference that. You highlight it. But I think that when you're drawing people to essentially hear about how you're going to be different, you're going to be better, you're going to be this. I think that's like an unhealthy start. So I, I, you know, thinking about what I want to say to the Cultivate people, it's like, well, work those things there, have it on your signage, communicate it when it's appropriate, but like how you start should be a glimpse into how you want to continue. Okay. And you don't want to be constantly referencing yourself over and over and over again. But I mean, as 2 Corinthians 4, 5 says, you know, we don't preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves, your servants for Christ's sake. So like we can reference ourselves as servants for Christ's sake, but ultimately just like open the Bible, communicate that, and then use that to kind of see how what God's doing in this community connects with that great thing. Perfect. I remember when I was a young pastor in, in Uganda, I did a uh, five-week uh, topical series on why the expository verse-by-verse book 
by book, teaching yeah. is the best. And people would come up to me afterwards and be like, but you're teaching a topical series about this. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. It was mm. funny. I learned. Mm. But uh, Mike... Thanks for being on the show, man. Sorry for that weird transition at the end. I'm, I'm no, I loved it. Yeah, I need it. I need it. <laughs> I was waiting. I was I like, need it. I was like, I want to talk about that, but it hasn't come up yet. No, no, it was. Uh, <laughs> there was a it was a show we recorded with uh, Brian Broderson, and we were goofing off, you know, the useless banner, like you say in the in the beginning. <laughs> and uh, he was like, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and if you just goof around too much at the beginning, no one wants to listen to it. I was like, okay, let's get into this. <laughs> let's get into our subject at hand. <laughs> it's been great having you on the show, Mike. And um, I like you as a person. You're awesome. I like you. Yep. Hey, so have you done Wordle yet? I haven't done it today. Neither have I. We're going to do it together. Do it together yeah. So yeah, me and uh, Mike, sorry, Nick, no, me sorry. and Mike are part of a uh, Wordle club. Yeah. Online. So we're nerds. I didn't actually know how to do Wordle. Yeah. And Mike was giving me a lesson on it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, yeah. Mike's really good at it. He's really good at it. It's again, it's one of these things kind of like I have, I've gone this far in my life. I don't That's know. That's what I, I thought. But then yeah. um, it was actually my aunt that, that uh, would do it. And she'd mm. text me almost every day. Like I did it in three or I did it in, cause you got, you have to guess the word. I don't know if people are familiar with it, Yeah, but, and then I just kind of you know, would do it and text back. And then these guys um, invited me to the fight club. Yeah. It has brought my relationship with my father to the next level because really? now we have something to talk about every day. Uh, that's great. <laughs> Expository wordle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, any last words? Um, yeah. Expository preaching is a healthy, steady diet. And I love what you said, Mike, like rather than being self-referential, mm -hmm. rather than talking about what we want to do or what we want to become, Rather than always jumping through the hoops of what the media cycle is yeah. demanding yeah. we talk about, mm. we get to open up the word of God and we get to show people God's truth. And like you said, we have chapters full of it and it, it's a feast for people and let's love them well and honor God by giving them the word. That's a good word, man. Good word. I want to let everyone know out there um, about not only the Expositors Collective podcast, which you should definitely go and check out, but also the um, gatherings that mm. you guys have. You can be able to look on the website, and the website is? ExpositorsCollective.com. Okay. We're coming mm. to Austin in June. We're coming to Indianapolis in October, October, okay. and Southern California in August. Okay, check out the website, sign up, great uh, deal. And we'll be there with Cultivate too, That's most right. likely. So yeah. um, all good stuff, excited about what God's doing, uh, NCGN with the Expositors Collective, and with you, Mike, in Ireland, yeah. to the good people of Ireland. All right, thanks for listening, cultivatechurchplanting.com, and uh, see you next time. Hi, this is Rosie Neglia. Thanks for listening to my dad's podcast all the way to the end. I hope that it helps you to, to grow in your personal studies and public proclamation of God's Word. Now here's an invitation from Pastor Brian Broderson for this year's Calvary Global Network Conference. That's it. That's the one. High five. <laughs> Yowie. <laughs> Hi friends, Brian Broderson here, and I want to let you know about the CGN International Pastors and Leaders Conference coming up here at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa June 25th through the 28th. 
Our theme this year is the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And oh, how we need the Spirit of God uh, to be upon us in these days. So we're going to be digging down into that great text from Isaiah 61. We're going to be looking at all the different facets of it. we got a number of great voices that are going to be speaking to us. We're going to have times of prayer and worship and lots of fellowship and enjoying meals together and all kinds of wonderful things. So if you would like to be part of this conference coming up in June, uh, please get signed up today. You can do that at conference.calvarychapel.com. Once again, that is the CGN International Pastors and Leaders Conference, June 25th through the 28th. Hope to see you there.